0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled podcast. It is a new month, which means we are in a new, undiscovered craft beer city, and I have a new co-host with me as well. Today, we're going to taste a great beer that is a mashup between a Kolsch and a Wit beer. It's a truly unique style. It's from 11th Hour Brewing, and we spoke with Adam Miller, their sales and events coordinator. He was such a kind guy and a wealth of knowledge as well. So stay tuned to see what city I'm exploring this month and who my new co-host is. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled beer club. I am your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are kicking off a new month in a new undiscovered craft beer city. That's what we're all about here at Brews Less Traveled. We find the best undiscovered craft beer cities and bring their beer to you with our beer club membership. The city and my co-host changes each month, so you'll never get bored. So what city are we discovering this month? Drumroll please, and let the secret be revealed. We are in pittsburgh for the whole month of july personally i fell in love i absolutely was blown away by the beauty and grace that pittsburgh had to offer we will be drinking the bonch kolsch from 11th hour brewing in pittsburgh today I am here with my awesome brand new co-host, Eric, who is also a Pittsburgh local, and he will be here with me for the entire month. So a little bit more about Eric. Eric and I actually work together at City Brew Tours, which is one of our other brands outside of Brewvana. Eric started there in 2017, leading in-person brewery tours in Pittsburgh. He's originally from York, Pennsylvania, and he is a level one Cicerone certified beer server. For those of you who don't know what a certified beer server is in the Cicerone program, it's like a sommelier of wine. Hey, Eric, how you doing? You want to say a quick Hello.
1: Hey, everyone, I'm very excited to be here to be talking about Pittsburgh and to have some great Pittsburgh beers. Today, we also have a really great guest, Adam Miller, who is the sales and events coordinator at 11th Hour. Very excited to be talking to him.
0: And before we crack open a beer, I will share a couple facts about Pittsburgh with all of you. So Pittsburgh has the most bridges In the entire world, it has 446 bridges. So Pittsburgh really earned its nickname as the City of Bridges. And the emoticon was invented in Pittsburgh in 1980 by computer scientist Scott Fulman. I'm kind of curious what a 1980 emoticon looks like, because that's sort of a modern day thing. I, (laughs) I did fact check this, so that is true, but I thought that was kind of a cool fact as well. Pittsburgh is the largest city in the region known as Appalachia. And that kind of shocked me too, because when I think of Appalachia, I normally think of like West Virginia, parts of Kentucky, Tennessee. I don't really think of it as a big city like Pittsburgh, but it makes so much sense because Pittsburgh is gorgeous. There are rolling hills everywhere, lush, lush trees. It's just simply a beautiful city. I'm curious, Eric, do you notice that living there? Is that something you kind of take for granted or do you think, wow, this is a really beautiful city?
1: I notice it all of the time. Time. Um, when I'm driving around, I mean, it's really why I don't mind driving on on the highways or anything. Because especially when the sun's going down, there's these rolling hills all over the place, these mountains, the, so much greenery, especially this time of year. I think about it all the time. Yeah, it's definitely a beautiful city.
0: Yeah, it's so good to not take that for granted. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And it's also such an aesthetically pleasing city. Just the landscape, architecture, and layout of the city is gorgeous. And, you know, I didn't really appreciate it until I moved to New York. And then I would go back to Atlanta and visit. And I'm like, wow, this is a really beautiful city. But, yeah, Yeah, Pittsburgh was just beautiful. Yeah. Right. Eric, are you ready to crack open a beer and crack open this Bonch Kolsch?
1: You know, it's very hot and muggy today. It's been a long day. I, The only thing I want right now is a beer. Absolutely.
0: Me too. It's like 91 here in Brooklyn, New York. So I am ready for this. <laughs> I'm going to crack this guy open. Let's
1: do it. Now, not only will I be drinking some amazing beers, I'm also going to be showing off my collection of Ronald McDonald glasses. So you can tune in. Today, I'm starting with the king himself, Ronald McDonald, here. But, you know, we'll see what else we got uh, throughout the course of this month.
0: I knew you were the coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. I love a Kolsch.
1: That hits the spot for sure.
0: It really does. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm automatically noticing this color. It's Mm -hmm. actually a little hazier than most. I was going to say
1: that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's a little hazier than most Mm Kulshas. Typically, they're a little bit more transparent, almost looking, you know, like a classic kind of Pilsner style. Yeah, Yeah. Right off the bat, though, this has a great aroma to it.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, I've always been told that I have a bad sense of smell whenever something gross needs to be cleaned up. They're like, go send Eric because he won't notice it. But I can definitely get a lot of citrus and a lot of sort of uh, a very, you know, the very malt, very malt forward smell, a very malt forward aroma to it.
0: This is a more definitely malt forward Kolsch. Mm -hmm. A little bit more about this beer. So the Bonch clocks in at five percent. ABV, so nice and light, not too heavy on the alcohol. And this beer was born of a very specific German style of beer, brewed in Bonn. And this beauty is a merge of a Kolsch and a Belgian wit beer. So, Eric, that's why we're noticing the color is a little bit hazier than a classic Kolsch, because it's kind of a blend of a wit beer and a Kolsch. And this is beautiful. This is Mm. a really just gorgeous elegant beer up front. I'm getting some hints of citrus, Mm -hmm. a slightly fruity aroma to it. A clean wheat and pilsner taste and a crisp finish. It's a really unique beer, and this is a great summertime beer. But the fact that it has like a touch more body to it, you could definitely drink this all year round.
1: I think think you absolutely nailed it. That was everything that I was thinking as well. A lot of citrus notes on that, a little bit more body to it, um, but it has such a a crisp, clean finish that this is what I want to drink all summer for sure.
0: It's got, yeah, it has like a slight viscosity to it. Mm. I like that it's a little bit of a heavier body. Yeah.
1: So it, it is an interesting style, kind of like you talked about there. It, it is a hybrid ale. So it is a, um, it is an ale. Um, So they use an ale yeast to it, which is typically fermented at a warmer temperature. But this style has been cold conditioned the way that a lager would be cold conditioned. Um, So developed in Cologne, Germany. And really what happened was they wanted to make an ale, but the conditions weren't right for the temperatures. So they cold conditioned it the way that they would a lager. And thus the Kolsch was born.
0: I love that fact so much. It's like a Kolsch was sort of a product of troubleshooting. You know, having a situation and they're kind of like, oh, no, what do we do? This yeast isn't right for these temperatures and this environment that we have. What are we going to do? And they just really obviously made it work because this style has been around for a long, long time. And it's a big favorite. I'm hearing it more and more lately. I think it is a big summertime beer, but I'm hearing more and more people just falling in love with Kolsch's, especially if they haven't had them before.
1: Right, and yeah, and I think experimentation really is at the heart of a lot of these beers. It's, hey, the conditions aren't right, but let's experiment and let's see what happens. And luckily enough, we have something like the Kolsch being born.
0: Feeling left out of all the beer drinking fun? Don't forget, you can become a Bruise Less Traveled member by signing up for our beer club at Bruvana.com by the 20th of each month. You can pick a six-month membership or give us a try for just one month. You'll get six unique craft beers from the city we're exploring, plus fun city keepsakes, as well as access to our interactive weekly live stream where you can taste alongside me, my guest, and my co-host. So be sure to sign up by the 20th to get your beer box delivered right to your door. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Molly underscore Bruce Less Traveled for a closer look at what city I'm exploring. Cheers. So while you guys kick back and relax with this beautiful beer, let's learn a little bit more about 11th Hour Brewing. So 11th Hour is in its fourth year of operation in the Lawrenceville neighborhood of Pittsburgh. They have a 20 barrel brew house located in an old gas grill and gas light fixture showroom. Before that, the building was a part of the Lawrence public school system in the early 1990s. So the building has really had several incarnations.
1: It's a really cool building. If you go there, they have a picture on the wall of what the building used to look like there. And it's It's really cool to see how it's changed. The brewery itself is owned by husband and wife, Matt and Kiana McMahon. Um, Matt actually got his first brewing kit in 2006 as a Christmas gift from Kiana. It's been brewing ever since. And really he decided to take the more professional leap after winning a lot of awards at, at events and festivals, that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, what I loved so much about learning about this brewery is 11 has always been a part of Matt's life. Born on November 11th at 11, 11 p.m., the number really holds significant meaning, which he wanted to incorporate into his business. As his love for brewing and a desire to open his own brewery grew, he didn't want to wait until, quote, the 11th hour of his life to make his dream a reality. And so the name 11th Hour Brewing came to be. And it sounds like Matt is a little bit superstitious, kind of like me. It's sort of funny. I was born June 14th, so 614. Whenever I look at the clock, I always catch it at 614. It's kind of funny how numbers have that way of finding you in life and being a reoccurring theme. I think that's I do that with my birthday
1: too. I was I was December 23rd and I feel like I see 1223 all over the place. Yeah. Weird, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's just like when you kind of start to notice it. And Eric, you and I actually went to 11th hour together.
1: We did. did. It was, it was very busy. It was a great time.
0: Yeah. They had a really good food truck. I was Mm -hmm. like inhaling some delicious sandwich. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, super, super cool spot. Really had a great time there.
1: Yeah. Great selection. Great group. Yeah. Overall. Great
0: time. Absolutely. Friendly people. And it was packed too. So it's Mm -hmm. obviously a crowd favorite there. And without further ado, I would love to welcome on our guest this evening, the sales and events coordinator from 11th hour, Adam Miller. Adam, how you doing?
2: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: We're doing so good. We're happy to have you. How's your day going?
2: I'm doing great. You know, I I was off the call for the cheers, but I got my uh got my Kolsch, uh right here, ready to go. So
1: you have it in a, in the traditional glass too. That's
2: great. You know, the stonga. Right yeah. I'm right in the brewery, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Do you have a really big uh, beer glass collection at home or do you keep it kind of minimalist?
2: You know, I'm a minimalist when it comes to that, but you know, whenever, uh, we have the room for it, I'm definitely going to be looking to expand that as, uh, as our space permits.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm getting ready to move in a few weeks and I'm yeah. so nervous about my beer glasses breaking. I'm like, I will pay double, <laughs> like triple wrap these. I mean, some of them don't have sentimental value, but all my Bruvana ones I do, I do really care about, but yeah, super impressed. You have your Kolsch in the proper glass. That's awesome. Yeah. And so Adam, we really love to start off by asking everyone their craft beer origin story. Would you mind telling us yours?
2: Yeah, sure. My story, I guess, starts with uh, nothing to do with beer at all. Um, I was actually in the physical therapy field. So I worked in a physical therapy office, outpatient facility uh, north of Pittsburgh. And uh, Kina, uh, one of our co-owners, actually was a patient I worked with so she was someone that i saw a couple times a week and just working with her through physical therapy she was telling me about you know her and her husband bought this building downtown they were going to be converting it into a brewery and you know whenever she would come in she would always kind of show me pictures of how the construction was going you know pictures of the tanks going in and it was something i thought that was really awesome toward the end of her time in physical therapy uh the brewery was up and running and she was looking for a couple people to Work weekend shifts. I really was didn't have much going on on the weekend since we were closed at the clinic. So, I went into bartend. Really fell in love with it with the craft beer scene. I really enjoyed you know trying all these new styles because at that time, definitely a beer novice uh, as far as craft goes. And then from there, I was asked to become a manager for the, on, you know, certain weekend shifts. And whenever 11th hour continued to expand, they were looking for a full-time sales and events coordinator. I chatted with Matt and told him that, you know, this was a, you know, his product was something I could get behind. I really liked his business model and, you know, the way he ran things there. So he brought me on full-time and I've been there uh, ever since.
0: That's so cool. And you mentioned you worked in physical therapy. I did a little Instagram stalking and I saw that you are a very active person. You I saw that you golfed and that you also ran a half marathon, I believe. So you're pretty active.
2: Was uh, would would be a more apt uh, description of that. But, yeah, you know, I I like to stay active. Um, Obviously, I haven't been able to golf as much as I'd like to um, in the past year or so. I definitely like to get out there and enjoy the weather on the very few nice days that we have in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, you guys get a lot of rain, right? And,
2: you know, it's it's kind of just what we I, I'm born and raised here. So it's just kind of what be, has become the norm. Yeah, we
1: don't get to see the sun a lot, but it's just it's a part of, of life.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's why we drink and eat. Eric, Eric knows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's so green and lush there too. So it's a trade-off. I mean, like you think of Ireland, you know, Ireland's kind of dreary, but it's like one of the most beautiful, majestic places in the world, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't been there, but I I've, I've seen photos. And <laughs> sure. you know, so obviously the rain is doing some good and it's and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And Adam as the sales coordinator, can you tell me a little bit more about the growth rate of 11th Hour? I know it started out with some of the biggest and nicest equipment in Pittsburgh, and you guys have only added more. What do you think has kind of contributed to 11th Hour's success?
2: When Matt started 11th Hour four years ago, uh, we, he kind of really went all in with this. Um, he, we have a 20-barrel brew system. Uh, which is a uh, fairly large, one of the larger ones, I think, in the, in the craft beer scene in Pittsburgh. So we have, you know, over the past couple of years, we've really been able to up production. Um, that was one of the reasons, actually, that I was brought on full time as the sales and events coordinator, is one of our assistant brewers used to just do the industry sales, you know, getting our beer on tap in restaurants and bars, as well as some local distribution. But as our name kind of got out there in the scene, as, uh, our reputation began to grow in the Pittsburgh area, um, we, he needed, you know, that assistant brewer needed to stay in and really continue to brew and really up production. So I was brought on to take kind of that phase of us. And one of Matt's biggest asks of me was to get, get 11th hour in as many hands as possible. And, um, so it, it's been, a, it, it's honestly a very easy job on my part. I mean, he, they, uh, they make great beer, where I've been able to really push 11th Hour into a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, and then with the pandemic, especially last year, distribution just kind of took off. So we've really been able to spread what we do to a a larger surface area than we have in the first couple of years, and it's continually growing from there. Um, We've been able to bring in three more fermenters. Um, We've brought in a fooder from Italy, We have a lager tank and we, I think our our, our barrel, we do a lot of barrel aging. I think our barrel count sits probably between uh, 30 and 40 in the back room there. So uh, things are looking really good for us. And we have uh, definitely a lot of plans to continue to expand.
0: How many restaurants carry y'all's beer?
2: Um, I would say we're typically on tap between, you know, between 35 and 50 restaurants um, in the Pittsburgh area at any given time.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's a lot. Is there a favorite beer that you notice everyone's kind of wanting typically?
2: It varies, honestly, because um, one of the things that um, Matt Uh, our owner and head brewer really likes to do is he likes to try to keep our uh, tap list as well-rounded as possible. And I think that our name has kind of gotten out in the restaurant scene in that way. When people have a tap list that may be IPA heavy or during certain seasons, they know that they can reach out to us and get something that's, you know, is gonna help round out that tap list, be it Bunch or one of our other colches. some of our other traditional styles that we like to brew. Um, We have a lot of, you know, IPAs are a huge thing in Pittsburgh and we make a couple that are pretty well known. So I would say our IPAs, like most other craft breweries are what move quickest, but it's definitely the kind of the well-rounded tap list that we have that really, a lot of the restaurants really like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this beer is so beautiful. I love that it's a mix of a Kolsch and a Whit beer because I get that kind of almost like banana-y flavor that I think is maybe coming from the yeast. But do you know why Estanga is used as the glass for a Kolsch beer?
2: I could probably kind of half- Make up a good answer for it. Go for um, it. I really don't know. Um, I know that just when uh, in Köln, Germany, uh, where, you know, Kolsch's originate, that it's, I think it's a 0.3 liter glass um, is what is just the typically accepted glass where four Kolsch's. For uh, them to be drank out of um, I, I think it holds the head in a, a little bit of a, in a better way um, you really want to look at crisp and clearness of a traditional Kolsch like Kulsch, like we said um, this one is a mix between a Kolsch yeast and Belgian wit yeast so there's not it's not quite as crisp and clear as a traditional Kolsch would be but the idea behind the glass I believe is both in head retention as well as to really see the clarity of it.
0: I was going to guess too something to help with the appearance because, like, frankly, it's kind of a boring glass. It's not as exciting as some beer glasses. But yeah, I think that you're probably right. So that was a great yeah. half answer. That yeah, was, no, I, I think you got it. I think that was a full I, I, I'm answer. I'm
1: yeah.
2: to it. I'm
1: sticking to it. No the, <laughs> no, the hard part is we have to figure out what parts he made up. Now that's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fact check. Let's take a beer break. Let's talk about beer glassware. Now, not all beer glasses are created equal. The size and shape are specifically designed to capture and release a beer's aroma. And since taste is about 75% smell, this will lead to a much improved tasting experience. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my top three favorite beer glasses of all time. I'm going to skip the classic shaker pint, though, because it does absolutely nothing for your beer. I do love an imperial pint glass. It's similar to a classic shaker pint, and it's a great all-purpose glass. According to kegworks.com, it also differs in that it features a small lip around the mouth. This is great for pale ales, IPAs, and amber ales, in my opinion. I also love a pilsner glass. It's tall, slim, and slightly wider at the mouth. And a pilsner glass will make visible the sparkle and clarity of pilsners and other lighter beers. At the same time, it helps to retain a beer's head, which keeps the aromatics locked under your nose. My all-time favorite beer glass is a tulip glass. AKA a Belgian glass with a bulbous body and a flared lip. The tulip glass is designed to capture the head and promote the aroma and flavor of Belgian ales and other multi hoppy beers. It has a short stem to facilitate swirling, which will further enhance your sensory experience. This is obviously great for Belgian strong ales and also Belgian dark ales, just to name a few. Let's get back to the show. And uh, speaking of all of your beer styles, I know you guys have a great sour series, but you seem to do a little bit more traditional beer styles. Not so many off the wall styles. Was this a goal that you guys had at 11th hour? Because so many breweries are claiming to be experimental and they're using it in the name, which is great. And a lot of them are. And that's completely valid. But have you guys sort of wanted to sway from one side to the other?
2: I think we, we swing kind of to the off-the-wall aspect of brewing kind of in our own way. Matt is been quoted many times as saying, you know, he, he makes what he likes to drink. For Matt especially, I mean, you have, you know, the New England IPAs, the Sours, Adjunct Stouts. Uh, those are things that are just going to be part of most brewery, craft breweries in Pittsburgh, if not everywhere else. Matt has traveled to Germany a couple times. Um, it's something that he really enjoyed the, you know, going and really trying these breweries that have been around for hundreds of years. And there are a reason there's a reason they've been around for hundreds of years. They're, they're doing a lot of stuff right. And that's some of the ideas that he likes to bring in. So, I mean, yeah, more of the traditional styles. You know, we um, we have two different cultures that we like to make uh, the, the bunch included. Um, we have a mybach we have a, a Steinbach that we've done, um, an Italian Pilsner, a Hellas. you know, some of those lighter and more traditional styles are, again, part of that well-rounded tap list that Matt's always after and what I think both the industry as well as the craft beer scene in Pittsburgh, the community, really likes. It's something that, you know, they know has been made with quality products and good brewing practices. and I I would say nine out of 10 people that come in and try one for the first time end up liking it.
1: I think you spoke to something about experimental in your own way, because I don't think I've ever really seen a bunch coach like this before, especially yeah. not in Pittsburgh. You know, you don't necessarily need to do a double vanilla blueberry stout, you know, all that craziness, <laughs> but like, like the, the, my you talked about, I don't think there's really anyone else that makes that around here. Um, so it is sort of bringing back some of these styles that really no one's making. And in that way, you are sort of staying traditional and experimental at the same time, which, which is really cool. So you've been around for eleventh at eleventh hour for for a while now. Um, w- would you say that eleventh hour has has a flagship beer? And and if so, what what is it?
2: I would say we have a couple flagship styles. You know, we have the our RoboJack Jack and our Colbert, which are both Agreed. named after actually Matt and Kina's kid uh, two kids, Jack and Cole. Um, those are two uh, flagship New England style IPAs that we make a couple times a year. We have two double IPAs in makeshift dynamite and cruel remedy, which we make again a couple times a year. And apart from that, I would say that we have a couple barrel-aged stouts that are typically released periodically throughout the year. But I would say if I, if I really had to put my, you know, put my finger down on a flagship that real that people know 11th hour for it's probably one of the first beers that matt ever made and it was back when he was a home brewer and that's our that's our burning phoenix i know eric mm, you uh, you've oh had yeah it before. it's a pale ale that that we uh brew on 150 pounds of uh, fresh jalapenos it is not an oil it is not something that you're going to drink and then it creeps back up your throat it is a beer that you drink And it is like you just bit into a fresh jalapeno and people usually are, I love it or I I really can't deal with this, Mm -hmm. but um, it's something that we're always going to release every November. And it's something that a large part of the craft beer community looks forward to every year
1: most definitely and it really does taste like like a pepper it's not just like wow this heat it really tastes like you're biting into a pepper it's great um i will probably be there in november for maybe a glass but you know it's really good but you know that's not totally my thing with the heat at all but it is definitely tasty and definitely worth trying out i would love giving it to guests on the tour because it's very unique and it's definitely something that everyone should try yeah Um,
2: conversation piece
1: yes and plus you guys have a great sour series as well i always see a lot of people at, at the at the location drinking the fruited sours that the dream canon series what, what's the most recent dream canon
2: uh the most recent dream canon was the blackberry lime i believe mm. um so we just came out with that one the second iter- uh variant of the dream canon the blackberry blueberry that we ever did is going to be coming out as a double so that's going to be about a seven percent dream cannon
1: so, don't tell um, me that that's that's dan- yeah. i love that one
2: yeah we're, we're excited about that one for sure and um you know what we basically do is it, it, we look at the ones that moved really well and had a really good reception and those are you know we, we've done i think 11 or 12 variants of the dream can by now we're going to we kind of stick to the some of our favorites and we're going to be uh Putting more of those out, as well as the uh, the sliced hour series.
1: Yeah, those are great as well. Awesome. So you are now the special events planner. So what? Can you talk to me a little bit about what special plans, uh, special events you've you've planned that have really worked out, and any that you really are excited about that are coming up? Maybe.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, so we, uh, I would say, as far as events, would like within eleventh hour. Um, I'm really looking forward to our fourth uh, anniversary, which is going to be coming up on Labor Day weekend, the beginning of September. We, uh, we did a, we always do a very big release for our anniversary last year. We were able to do one, but you know, under COVID protocols, it was um, slightly muted, but that's typically when we release a lot of our air-age stouts. Uh, That's when BYS comes out every year and we, have purchased two small three and a half barrel tank, uh, fermenter tanks uh, off of Union Brothers up north in the city. So that's given us a lot of kind of playroom to take some of those barrel-aged stouts and adjunct them with different things. So what I'm really expecting this year is going to, you're not only going to have some of the barrel-aged stouts and limited releases that people look forward to on our anniversary, we're going to see more variants of those. So I'm really excited about that. As far as the city goes, uh, Baron Flow uh, coming up in September as well. Previously, Fresh Fest. Um, that is just a fantastic festival that gets nationwide attention. I'm really excited about that in Southside Works. Brews of the, our Beers of the Berg is always uh, great. And then a lot of the local festivals that have finally been able to come back after a year off. We're really excited about those and getting back in and just expose uh, more people to craft beer.
1: Yeah, very cool. Uh, Well, I have one more question, and and really, it sounds like you already answered most of it. But really, I was going to ask about, you know, the future of 11th Hour, uh, whether that be events or whether that be expansion or anything that comes to mind.
2: Apart from the festivals, I mean, that's always just a huge thing in the craft beer community that we look forward to to interact with uh, with our customers more in a face to face way. Um, We are installing and kind of getting everything ready um, for uh, we have a new POS system it's one of the reasons that our website has been down um, we are going to be looking to offer statewide shipping in, in, in the coming months which I'm really excited about yeah um, it's all about getting our beer you know in more people's hands and this mm-hmm. is going to be a great way to do that as far as when as soon as that gets up and running you know the the Bruvanas the Tavor's I'm, I'm really hoping to get 11th hour in with a couple of these nationwide shippers as well to, again, just help promote our, you know, our beer, our name and uh, get as many people to see it as possible. But I think Pittsburgh's a great up and coming uh, beer city, if not already there. Uh, I'm, we're seeing more and more people come in from out of state to come and check it out. I'm excited to just kind of, you know, help promote that as much as possible.
1: Yeah, awesome! Thank you.
0: Absolutely, and you're right. It is definitely an up and coming craft beer city. If people don't yeah. already know about it, they definitely need to check out Pittsburgh. And I'm curious, Adam, what would your ideal day off in Pittsburgh be as a local?
2: Uh, you know, Permanis will be my number two. Um, <laughs> what right? is that? You want to explain it, Adam? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Permanis is just a, a staple downtown. It's it's you go in and uh, you get lovingly and mildly harassed by whatever is working you get a a nice basically meat of your cho- choosing on a on uh soft bread with cheese and um help me out there
1: french fries, uh, coleslaw, coleslaw, fries coleslaw tomatoes on, onions available upon request yeah. so i'm if, in it's a very big sandwich it'll you know it'll take a little bit out of you but definitely worth <laughs> worth trying for sure
0: a good sandwich really should be exhausting. I mean, like I live in New York, you know. It's like if the sandwich isn't as big as my head, I, you know, and I'm not tired after eating it, it's not a real sandwich. So it sounds great. Uh,
1: but your your ideal day off. I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you that no, much. No, no,
0: you're
2: fine. You're fine. That was a, that was a very you know apt a suggestion. I would. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. Um, you know, like I said, I haven't been able to golf as much as uh, normal. So days definitely gonna start out uh, with golfing somewhere, really anywhere in the Pittsburgh area. And I think the best way to go from there is I'm going to head down to the south side. I'm going to go to Carson Street Deli um, where I'm going to get an Italian sub and just kind of sit out back with my fiance, Marlene, get a cold beer because they have one of the best craft beer selections and singles to drink there in the city and just kind of relax and enjoy the rest of the afternoon.
1: That sounds like a wonderful time.
0: You're going to double up on sandwiches. I'm doubling up on
2: sandwiches for sure.
0: <laughs> well, you you run half marathons. <laughs> it's totally reasonable. I ran
2: one half marathon and that was no a <laughs> thing than an interest thing, though.
0: So. I'm pumping you up. <laughs> you need the carbs and the meat. <laughs> All right, Adam, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions that we also change up a little bit each month. Your goal here is to not think, just answer. Are you ready?
2: I'm going to do my best.
0: All right. Best shower beer? Uh, Hams. I nice. Go Hams.
2: Um, best hangover cure? Bloody Marys.
0: I thought Perfect. you were going to say a sandwich. Current <laughs> beer style you're loving?
2: You know what? I'm going to go. I'm just going to stick with what I'm drinking of the Kolsch. I mean, it's, it's, it's hot out and it's exactly what I want to just quench that.
1: Cool. Uh, beer style you wish was more on the menu, and this could apply to 11th hour or just when you go out and drink.
2: Uh, you know what? Um, the first thing that honestly came to mind, and it was because of another local craft brewery, is a, is a red IPA, uh, Grist House. They're, I had their camp slap, and mm. I just I forgot just how good that beer is. So so, yeah, that's a good one. It's been a IPA, while. That one in particular.
0: If you could have a beer with anyone in history, alive or dead, who would it be?
2: I want to, I want to chat with the guy who really promoted the Reinheitsgebot and just really wanted to know what, what, like what was going on for real that made you really put your foot down and say, no. Enough with all
1: that. You know, it's so weird you say that, Adam, because I was literally just thinking about that today. I was it, somehow that popped in my mind and I was like, what? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. What, what, what were they thinking? I, like um, I've seen some stuff,
2: you
0: know. That's <laughs> the best answer I've heard, Adam. I know I'm so curious about the boat. I mean, I, I know I um, worked for a second at a German facial place and it was so methodical. It was like walk to the right of the bed and so i just think there's a lot of order in that culture and maybe they just they really wanted it to be a certain way but that is so that is such a good answer i'm super (laughs) curious to sit down with him too and ask him some questions also i I once asked
1: someone that question and they their answer was shamu so you know Hmm. i think yours is great yours is a close second but i don't know if you (laughs) can beat shamu after that
2: that's a good point i can't do with shamu (laughs)
0: Yeah, a conversation with a non-speaking thing is not, you know, you can just control the conversation. So, you know, I get it. (laughs) It's it's been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you would like to plug?
2: You know, just I would say the fourth, uh, the fourth anniversary coming up here in September. um, It's going to be a uh, really big event that we're really excited about. We always try to really put out a whole bunch of limited type stuff that's gonna get a lot of people down to visit. It's always a really fun time. We have the whole staff usually there as well as the two brew dogs, which anybody who's new 11th hour has probably met one or two of them. Barrel and Flow again in September. Um, It's back after it went digital last year and I think it's going to be just an unbelievable event. So if you can get to Pittsburgh for that, it's going to be the weekend of September 11th and it's gonna be an absolute fantastic festival.
0: That sounds so fun. And I'm just so happy to see that you guys are doing well and that, you know, you're you're still thriving and doing great. And Adam, you really have been just the sweetest person. You've been so responsive to all of my emails and everything. So thank you so much. You're and cool. thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Eric, and my awesome guest, Adam, from 11th Hour Brewing. Tune in next week as we chat with the chief personnel officer at City Brew Tours in Bruvana, who also happens to be a longtime Pittsburgh beer guide, and drink a beer that he calls, and I quote, because I was there, the one beer he could drink for the rest of his life. And trust me, he meant it. Be sure to tune in next week. Cheers, y'all. Oh, oh, Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruiseless Travelled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruiseless Travelled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.